Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Welcome in, Wizards fans. Before we get to today's podcast, just a couple of quick words from our sponsors. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win championships, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And just another follow-up from our other sponsor, Balance 7. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH-balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out, and I, I always need energy to level up. I couldn't agree more with Lamar, and after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is, we've got a promotion with Balance 7 running right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's definitely worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. And with that, let's get to today's podcast. We've got a really great interview for you with Wizards Summer League player and Exhibit 10 contract holder, Jordan Goodwin. Okay, Wizards fans, joining us today, we have Jordan Goodwin out of St. Louis University. Obviously, my co-host Larry here has some uh, familiarity with that university. Larry, tell us a little bit about Jordan and uh, what you know Wizards fans can come to expect from him. Oh, well, definitely Wizards fans can expect a guy that's going to put his hard hat on and work hard every night. I've seen Jordan play uh, probably since he's about 13 years old. And I, I always thought that this game would travel. Uh, and then again, having a hometown kid, you know, on the podcast, to introduce him to the Wizards fans. Uh, knowing that he obviously went to St. Louis University and is a graduate of St. Louis University, uh, something definitely he can he can hang his hat on as well. Uh, so just want to introduce you guys to to Jay Good, as we like to call him. Jordan, thanks for joining us, man. Obviously, you guys had your first summer league game last night. Uh, didn't go the way you wanted, probably 89-75 loss to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, obviously, you guys had some issues with COVID protocol early in this, you know, this summer session here and uh, probably didn't get a chance to practice a whole lot. The Kings were in the California Classic, so they've had a couple games under their belt. How much did that sort of give them a leg up maybe that they've gotten to play together more? I mean, I think it just gave them a little leg up, uh, just being familiar with playing with new guys uh, in, a short, in a short time period, uh, but also coming out of two days of quarantine and just going to pick the ball up right away, kind of get you out of rhythm. So uh, I just feel like that was us last night a little bit. We're just out of rhythm, couldn't get anything going. And also being our first time playing with each other. So it's still trying to understand guys and things like that, where they like the ball in situations. So uh, I just think it was just a mixture of them being together. Uh, and we just couldn't sustain our energy because we've been out for two days. And also our first time playing with each other, just being a little bit out of rhythm. But how, how much fun was that just to get out there uh, in an NBA setting, you know, obviously we've been playing with with very limited fans in the space, and I know Vegas has a bunch of fans in the building. So how how was that? Just getting out there, uh, first time suiting up in an NBA, you know, uniform NBA environment. You know, what what was the things that were running through your head? Uh, uh, it's amazing. 
just to be out there on the court playing basketball. But at this level, I mean, it just makes you seem like you're just so much closer to the overall goal. Uh, so, I mean, as far as the feeling, uh, I wasn't nervous or anything like that. I was just a little anxious, just a little, you know, bounced on my toes. Like, okay, it's, it's time, it's that, it's right here. So the atmosphere was crazy. Fans was in there crazy. You got the stars all running around the building and things like that. So, I mean, it was just an amazing experience. Anybody cool you got to meet so far that was uh, that was interesting to you to, to get to meet for the first time? Oh, no, I didn't meet anybody. I just, uh, you know, I just stayed my distance through the COVID. Yeah. But but who do, who do you have your eye on, right? I mean, we've been watching for a long time. So who do you have your eye on as the, the guy you want to, you know, rub shoulders with, you know, when you get a chance to get out there in a real game? Like, who are you most excited to to play against or to share information or to ask a question to? Oh, man. I would say Brad. Just if I get the opportunity to play on the court with him, I mean, that would be amazing. You know, uh, just, you know, you know, Brad – big brother to me uh playing for his organization and things like that so uh just having an opportunity to share the court with brad that'd be amazing uh, i mean we i played a one-on-one i was in the eighth grade so just like little things like that and just have an opportunity to play with him yeah that'd be like a dream come true after the aau after college what's the first question that you that you got for brad mm, first question i got for brad like right now right now yeah right now Oh, I'll probably ask him how much time does he uh just one question, how much time does he spend on his body a day? And that's not far as not even basketball, you know what I'm saying? The recovery part, because that's the kind of part that I'm uh that I'm starting to take serious for like the past like three months. I've really been trying to focus on that recovery. That's uh very important. So that'd just be like one question I ask him right now. And we we touched on it a little bit earlier, just you know, how are you feeling, you know, mentally and physically yourself? I mean, I feel I feel amazing. Uh, just like I said, I'm blessed to be in this position that I'm in. And uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that, that love to be in my position. So, I mean, my head is on straight. We lost, but uh, we get the opportunity in a few more days to go back uh, to go back out there and try to get a W. And uh, so hopefully everybody stays safe and we can uh, practice today and things like that. So I talked a little bit about the relationship with Brad there. Obviously, you played for the St. Louis Eagles. Brad's an alum there and eventually became Bradley Beal elite. Has he been like available to you as a resource, you know, kind of throughout your college career and stuff to be able to pick his brain and ask questions and that kind of thing? Always. Uh, yeah, Brad's always there. Uh, I mean, you can text him. Uh, you know, he's a busy guy. So uh, he probably just probably take a little long, longer time to text you. He will text you back. He will call you back. So, uh, I mean, like I said, he's always there. Uh, like I said, he's, like, he's, he's a big brother to everybody in that organization. Larry, were you a St. Louis Eagle back in the day? Yeah, I was I was a St. Louis Eagle for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. How cool is that for you to see, you know, the next generation of guys come through that that same program? Uh, you know what? Being, being from St. Louis, I mean, we always, you know, want to represent, you know, the, the city and all the people that come through the city. We want to make sure that we give them the best opportunity to be successful. And I think that that's what, you know, I've tried to do. I think that that's what Brad, you know, is, is currently trying to do. Uh, with all the young people that are coming up and now playing with this organization. So I think it's just another outlet. It's another resource. It's another opportunity to get a chance and meet people from that, you know, that are from where you're from, get a chance to pick a brain of a pro at the age of, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. And I think that that's, you know, Jordan is a, is a product of that is having the ability, having those resources to, to talk to those people and get a chance to know that like he fits like I've, I've watched this guy play, I've watched him compete and he fits within the professional ranks. And and that comes from like, you know, playing against Brad, you know, knowing that Brad is doing things that he's trying to do. So I think it's, it's, it's a very good resource that the city has that Brad's, you know, come back and taking over the Eagles and is using everything that he has, you know, to get these guys where they want to be. And that's, that's at the highest level of basketball. Uh, Jordan, you obviously went undrafted, but you're probably one of the more sought after undrafted players. Is that connection to Brad and, and Washington, was that part of the appeal for you? I'm sure you had your your pick a team. So what sort of led you to to the Wizards? Uh, just about the fit, honestly. Uh, I felt like this was uh, probably just the best position for me to be. And uh, also having Brad here definitely plays a big role. Uh, just so, I mean, 
like I said, just uh, that resource I can have. He's been through this organization, so he knows exactly like what's going on, the do's and don'ts, and things like that. And I'm pretty sure that I'm like I'm most definitely sure he helped me out uh, through my process that I'm going through now. So uh, I mean, yeah, Brad definitely played a big role in my decision. Uh, but this is also the best fit for me. I feel like far as uh, play style and just being out far as the roster spots and things like that as well. So with the with the Exhibit Ten contract. You know, what are the things that you feel like that you that you bring to the table that are going to make you a, you know, a mainstay in in the in the NBA? I really think right now for the NBA, I'm gonna have to be at a guard. So my defense is going to be my main priority. Uh, so just being able to guard guys and stay in front of guys and just make things difficult for them and just try to challenge every shot that they shoot. Uh, Make plays on defense end, whether that's still uh, big time rebounds and things like that. Uh, on the offensive end, just being able to uh, run a team, uh, being able to get get in the offense, uh, offense set quick with the twenty four second shot clock, and uh, facilitate and just make plays, and being able to knock down a three as well. Going back to to the first summer league game last night, you had twelve points, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals, only two turnovers. Um, did Several of the things you just talked about, you know, you put some pressure on people defensively. Uh, you were able to grab and go. Probably didn't shoot the ball as well uh, as you would have liked last night. It's some amount of that just, I got to imagine, hey, first pro game, there's some jitters here. Like, how much does that that play into that? I honestly think it's been in the room for two days. Uh, it, might, it might not sound that big, just two days. But, I mean, once you're doing something every day, you kind of get used to it. So not having that, that access to a gym. Uh, Trying to just do my little rhythm off a little bit. Uh, so, luckily, I was tap- I, I got towards the free throw. I got to the free throw line towards the end of the game and seen the ball go in a few times. So, that's always a plus. And, you know, Jordan, that was a plus for me to see you go six for six from the free throw line. Obviously, we watched, you know, the St. Louis U games and the St. Louis U days, and I've seen that you've been working on the free throws. So, I think that that's an important part. When you see those free throws go in, then that's going to give you that more confidence to shoot that three ball and that jumper consistently. So kudos to you, man, on working on those free throws because I know that that was something you were, were very focused on uh, during your, your college days. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Uh, the Wizards fans were a little bit spoiled last year with a point guard that was able to to ratchet up the triple doubles. And, uh, you know, you were at the very least Mr. Double-Double in college and had a couple uh, quad nickels and, and things like that. So you've kind of bratted yourself on, on being able to stuff the stat sheet. How do you translate that to the NBA level? I mean, just being active. Uh, I feel like that's how I got it in college is being active. Just having that that motor just continue to go on. Uh, but at the NBA level, you know, you got, you got to take it up to another level. Uh, everybody's big. Everybody's strong. Everybody's fast. So just being able to adapt to them and understand uh, just my strengths and weaknesses at the NBA level, uh, I think I'll be okay whenever I get the, uh, the full understanding of it. So, so just for everybody listening, full disclosure, uh, Larry asked a really good question about coaching staff. Jordan gave a great answer. I stupidly was not recording. So, uh, Jordan, I just want to see if you can you do a little uh, run it back here and, and tell us a little bit about like what your interaction's been like with the coaching staff so far and specifically, you know, Wes Unsell Jr. How involved has he been? What's your interaction with him been like so far? Uh, with Coach Wes, I mean, he's been here since day one. Uh, since he got off the airport uh, practice and uh, him being a head coach just to being around the summer league and being that active with us, it shows not how, how much he cares about our process, but just uh, just basketball on the whole. Uh, but, I mean, he's been very uh, – I mean, he's just a great coach so far. Uh, you ask him one thing, he's always open for uh, questions and things like that. He always correct me when I'm wrong, and that's something that I, that I need and I like, and I like that about him. Uh, he never let me go. Uh, we're making a mistake without correcting me. So, uh, far as the coach, I think he's a great coach, and that's just off being barely a week with him. So, and I, I like to know like the challenges and and you know the strengths. So, you guys started a little bit of training camp. What were some of the challenges that you had that the coaches were able to, or your teammates were able to correct you through? And what were some of your strengths that you had the coaches smiling and and in awe, or your teammates in awe of what you were doing? Is there anything that stands out? Uh, just, I mean, just how there's different ways to guard things in the NBA. Uh, there's so much space. 
So, I mean, that was something I was struggling with, just understanding that you got to pull all the way over into the paint. Instead, you know, in college where you just got to stand, like you don't got to go all the way over. But in the NBA, you got to go, you got to go all the way over to stop that big from getting on that rim. So just little things like that, uh, how to chase off uh, down screens. Uh, me personally told me uh, from picking the ball up, just give him a foot, a, a foot back. Uh, it's not college anymore. You can't pressure everybody, uh, especially at this level. So um, I'll say just things like that. Um, offense, offensively, uh, waiting on ball strings, uh, set people up off ball strings to go off the other side and uh, just making the right plays. So I think that's a uh, thing that they really been helping me out with a lot. And I think, uh, what I, I think what they like about me is just uh, I can just compete, uh, just being a leader. So just bringing it every day. So that's, uh, that, that's what I try to do, just go out there and compete every day. Turnovers were a little bit of an issue for you guys in game one here. You personally were were pretty low with only two. Uh, how do you guys tighten that up, you know, moving forward? Is that also just sort of a product of, you know, that, that two days off, but also not knowing each other super well yet? I think it's part of just getting our rhythm back. Just getting our rhythm back. And uh, and now we got a game under our belt. We're playing with each other. So I think we understand where God's going to be at and who wants the ball where a little bit more than what we did the first game. And uh, I think – just controlling our pace. I think we got a little split up towards the end uh, when they went on that, that huge run. So uh, so I think it's our rhythm will get back and we'll be okay for the next game. Uh, any teammates that have stood out to you so far or, or guys that you've kind of clicked with or, or really were impressed by by their game or what you saw from them so far? I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate I'm with a, a group of good guys. Uh, all of them good guys, uh, especially the older guys that's been around the NBA or G League like that. You can also uh, put them in the mix. They've been doing a great job with me, just you know, just showing me little teacher points and things like that. You know, just trying to make me understand the game better. So, pretty much, just all the guys, honestly. Yeah, yeah. When we talked about you know getting out there for the first time and within that atmosphere, that that NBA atmosphere, what were your thoughts stepping on the court for the first time? Uh, well, obviously, with your new teammates and a new organization. Uh, what were your what were your initial thoughts? Uh, at first, I just realized how close I was to the overall goal of being uh, just one more step close to being uh, on that big big stage with them bright lights. So uh, I wasn't nervous or anything like that. I just had that feeling, but you know, you know that basketball feeling you get when you're ready to play, just anxious on your toes. Uh, so I, I just had that feeling. Uh, also, with all the stars roaming around the building and things like that, uh, it just you kind of just sit back and go, okay, this is it. Is here. So, uh, what you gonna do about the moment? Are you gonna live in? Or are you gonna fold? So that's kind of what I was thinking about. As a guy that was, you know, a little bit slept on, I think in this process, you put up big numbers in college on a good team. Does it give you kind of like extra juice going into a game, saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm gonna be matched up with a guy that was a lottery pick, and and this is my opportunity to show people that, you know, maybe they missed on me." Oh, uh, not really with me. Uh, I mean. Where I'm from, you kind of get overlooked every day. Uh, everything just by me graduating uh, college, uh, I was getting overlooked for that. People would have thought I would never did that. So just things like that. Uh, so honestly, I'm just proving people wrong. That's what I've been doing my whole life, just proving people wrong. Uh, so when I go out there, I just let my game talk for itself. So that's pretty much why I go out there to control the things I can control. But as far as proving myself, I've been doing that my whole life. So. That time, yeah, you got you got you got to talk. You got you got to let them know, Jay Good, that that it's a battle every time you step on the court, man. And I, like I said, I've watched you, and really just making sure that we introduce you to the to the Wizards fans and know exactly who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, just you know, just let them know how you fight and how you compete, and don't shortchange yourself on when you step out on the court. Really telling these people like what time it is. Like there's no back down. And I'll speak for you a little bit because there's no back down in this guy. He's going to come out and compete. He's going to be a good teammate. He's going to fight in the paint and he's going to fight on the perimeter. So that's the guy that you want to have. You know, that's the guy that you want to root for. And it's obviously a guy you want to have on your team. So I'm, I'm happy that you are, you know, enjoying yourself, getting back into the flow, getting back into the mix. Uh, we got to make sure this is not the last time we talk to you because I know that there's good things that's coming. But I just want to salute you right now. Um, we're not done, but just want to salute you right now, man, of all the hard work you put in and just really making sure that these people that 
don't get a chance to see us in the Midwest, right? We're in the A-10, really get a chance to understand who you are and what you bring to the table because a lot of that stuff is unmatched with what you do, man. So make sure you make sure you let people know what's going on. I will. Uh, Jordan, I, I first became familiar with you and your game a couple of years ago. I, I saw a box score go across the little ESPN ticker and it said like 14 rebounds or something. And I was like, oh. You know, this must be a pretty good big guy for St. Louis. Uh, 14 rebounds, pretty good. And then uh, as I became more familiar with it, I saw, okay, this is a guard who just, you know, sucks in rebounds. Like, how do you, how do you do that? Is that a natural gift? Is it something you study? Is it just solely an effort outworking people thing? Like, talk us through how you're able to rack those up the way you do. Uh, I mean, it's definitely just having a knack for the ball. Uh, and I talked about that motor earlier, just having that motor going on. I think it started uh, just for me, how, how the way I grew up, I used to play, I got a big brother and my dad, we used to play 21 all the time. And it, it was days where I never got the rebound uh, growing up. I used to run in the house, my mom crying and things like that. And they used to tell me, you want the, you want the ball, go get it. So I remember one time it was a loose ball on the blacktop. And I ran and dove for it. My dad was calling me crazy and things like that. But I understood right there, like it's the only way I got to go get it. So I got to get it myself. So just having that motor, just understanding that rebounds help my team. So if I can go get 11 of them, that makes it easier for a big. Some games who only get six this game. So uh, just being able to do a lot of things, uh, just being able to do multiple things on the court. And I think rebounding is definitely one that stands out for me. And that's just one thing. I, I mean, I like doing it. I like going in there uh, amongst the bigs and getting dirty. So you feel like rebounds are going to be easier from the one position or from the off guard position? Uh, it all depends. You know, uh, some things are kind of different. So when I'm at the point, I just get back. Uh, but I, uh, coach gave me all free will to go on the defensive glass. So those are just important too. But uh, definitely off ball for offensive rebounds. I'm at the two or something like that. I can go sneak in there one time and uh, get a proof back and get back on defense. For anybody not familiar with your game, Jordan, and to the question Larry just asked. Yeah. Are you a one? Are you a two? Are you a zero? You know, like what are, what are the, what position do you consider yourself or, or you know, you're just a basketball player. Like what's kind of the right fit for you and where you see yourself moving forward? Uh, I think you just said it, man. I'm a basketball player. Uh, but I mean, I can play the point. I can play the two. I can play a little three, but on the other side, on the other side of the ball, I can guard a one, two, three, and I can, uh, and I can go down there and sometimes guard a four and make it difficult for a four man. So uh, just, yeah, like I said, just being a basketball guy, somebody you can toss on the court and uh, not have to worry about on both sides of the ball kind of is what the role I'm trying to go for. So uh, just being a consistent two-way player on both sides of the ball. Hey, Jordan, are you, are you watching film on that? Or are you watching certain players on, you know, with those certain skills? How are you? you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's going to be the best for your game? Or are there any players that you're watching or are you, are you watching film as well? Uh, yeah, I'm watching film for sure. Uh, one player I've been watching a lot is Drew Holiday. Uh, just this, uh, I feel like in a few years down the road, that's somebody who I can, that role I can, I can be uh, once I get the hang of everything. But just far as on the defense side of the ball, just the things that he brings to the table and the plays that he make, uh, that's kind of somebody I've been watching. Uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, I've been watching him a lot, too. I've been watching him a, a long time since uh, college, actually, uh, just having that comparison. You know, Coach Ford coached him, too, as well. So, uh, Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday have been two guys I've been, I've been watching a lot, a lot of film on. I think fans will love to hear that answer. Uh, defense has not been the calling card of the Wizards the last couple of years. So, having people that can come in and, and play physical and getting people's grills, I think is going to, you know, resonate really well with, with our fan base. You're a physical player, you know, college is probably a little more physical or you're allowed to be more physical than the NBA. Was that sort of an adjustment last night, just kind of getting used to what you can and can't get away with? Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, the NBA is, is, is physical, uh, definitely way physical than uh, college just because the guys that's, uh, that's on the court, uh, <laughs> just being like, actually going against legit seven one guys with 260 built frames and things like that so uh just the physicality is definitely different uh so last night you definitely uh definitely had to learn 
the do's and don'ts a little bit. Uh, but I also know with referees, everything's kind of different. Some referees let you get away with a little push, something like that. So mm-hmm. I feel like I just got to go out there and just fill it out for the first few minutes of the game and just see how they're calling it. And that can just dictate how aggressive I can be. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the vet on the podcast. Just make sure that you're asking questions and you're watching a bunch of film. And it's really about the technique, right? I mean, you can be physical, you can be strong, but if you don't have the technique, then it, it all goes away. So if there's things that you're working on and you, you're trying to accomplish, really focus in on the technique of those things and the physical part to take care of it, it, itself. Okay. I obviously want to keep this focused on, on you, Jordan, but if you'll allow me just one quick question, because uh, Wizards fans will, will be interested from somebody who's played with them already. Uh, what do you think of Corey Kispert, uh, Wizards, you know, first round draft pick? It, you know, how, how has that been going so far as somebody that, you know, has to play a little bit of two-man game with him and things like that? Uh, I mean, just, just first of all, just talk about how he is off the court. Uh, I mean, I think that 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 goes a long way just to just far as how you play, how he carries himself, uh, just being a great, a great teammate. And not only that, just being a great person. Uh, translate over well. So just to get that out there, uh, Corey's a great dude, a uh, great teammate to be uh, to have on your team. And as uh, far as on the court, man, he plays hard. Uh, we all know he can shoot the lights out. So uh, so basically just right now in practice and things like that, I've just been trying to uh, just trying to find ways to make the, to make his job way easier, put him in positions to make his job easier. And uh, we can both make each other look good. So, uh, but yeah, Corey's a good dude on and off the court. So. Jordan, I think there's some expectation from fans that, you know, summer league is a certain amount of guys that are that are trying to get their name out there and get some tape together to, to kind of make that case for, for getting picked up by teams as a guy that does have to, you know, bring the ball up and facilitate for others. You know, how do you kind of balance the amount of getting everybody involved, you know, um, and making sure that that guys kind of don't you know do their own thing too much and, and kind of keeping it to like the game plan and the system and things like that? I just go out there and play, honestly. Uh, I feel like I'm at the point right now where uh, I just got to go out there and play. Can't overthink about it because uh, you just can't go into a game saying that you're going to do this. I'm going to make sure, Corey, you this many amount of shots uh, because in the game, everything everything happens right then and there. So uh, I just feel like just me going out there and play my game, just open everything up because uh, I'm unselfish. Uh, so – if I got the shot, I'll take the shot. But if I know if I can get a better shot, I'm gonna go and kick it over and get that get that assist or get that pass to him assist. That's just important. So, uh, just going out there playing my game, just understanding the reads and uh, just just being a good teammate. Somebody's open passing the ball. What are like like three things that you that you feel like you can do better in in your next game? Uh, definitely shoot the ball better. Uh, definitely shoot the ball better. Uh, I don't want those two turnovers uh, that I had and uh, definitely guard better. Uh, I feel like I play okay defense, but I know for sure I can definitely take that up to another level. So I'm definitely going to bring that energy uh, for the next game. How much of the wizard sort of new system that, that the coaching staff's going to try to impart on them? Have, have they been able to like, are, are you guys running what we expect to see from the wizards this year? Is it a limited subset so far, just because you guys haven't had much time, you know, walk us through a little bit, like, you know, what the scheme looks like there. I mean, we, we have a lot of sets in, uh, we got a lot of sets. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call them sets, it's different actions, uh, mm-hmm. to get to, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be, what's going to be taking, going to be on a, a thing for this season. It could be something that coach West probably just testing out right now. Uh, so, but I mean, I feel like it's a good game plan. I like all the sets, I like all the plays. Uh, I think one challenging thing was just being able to understand it and learn it fast on the go at this level. Uh, cause it's kind of like you tell you one time you got to get it. Uh, or if you don't ask a question and you go out there, it's kind of like, okay, you're not answer questions. So you just over here, just what you're doing. You're not paying attention. So, uh, just, just understand the professional, uh, Listen, my how the way I got to carry myself now. It's just something I've really been taking notice of. So, and for all of us watching these summer league games, like who who's the leader? Who's the leader of the, of the group? Uh, right. I I feel like we we all show different uh different times of being leaders. Uh, so I mean I think that's a good thing to have on your team. You got a lot of a lot of different leaders on the team. Uh, 
like I said, my man, like I said, fortunately, I've been lucky enough to get with a group, uh, a good group of guys. So we all been uh, like practice. The energy never wavers. Everybody's talking. Everybody's encouraging each other. Uh, and it, it 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 doesn't feel fake either. It feels genuine. Like everybody actually means it. So uh, I feel like we got a lot of leaders. Uh, definitely the older guys like Homely. Uh, Homely he talk he, he talks a lot more than uh than a lot of other guys. And uh, that's somebody who I go talk to a lot too as well. So. Uh, I feel like we all do a good job of leading. So, I think that's one thing we've consistently heard from, you know, previous coaches and previous coaching staffs over the last couple of years is the first thing they talk about when they talk about any of the young guys or the rookies is, hey, he's a sponge. You know, he, he like you said, he asks a lot of questions, but uh, listens well and and sort of sticks to the vets and things like that. So, sounds like you're already doing that, uh, and I think that's a big leg up for you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Is, is there anything that you want, you know, the Wizards fans to know about Jordan Goodwin that we didn't touch on? Or is, a, I mean, you got a hidden talent or you got a hidden skill. You could you could juggle six bats. I mean, is there anything that you want the, the, the fans to know uh, just to get a little bit more in, in inside of information about who Jordan Goodwin is? Uh, I mean, as long as I could probably tell the fans is that, uh, I mean, I'm going to bring it every single night. Uh, I mean, well, we already touched on, but just to, re uh, to put more emphasis on it, I'm going to bring it every single night uh, on both sides of the ball. I'm not going to back down from any challenge, no matter what it is. And uh, I, I definitely will continue to grow and get better as a player and a person at this next level. So that's also music to, to fans' ears, I think, too. And one of the things Tommy Shepard, the Wizards GMs, really tried to emphasize, you know, in his tenure is just, high character, good guys. And uh, I think we, we can already vouch for you. Larry, Larry already spoke very highly of, you know, prior to this too. So I, I think you're definitely um, built in that mold. And uh, Jordan, we really appreciate the time. We wish you the best of luck, you know, go out there and show everybody what you can do. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you more along the way. I appreciate y'all having me too. Uh, sir, let, let, let it fly, man. Let that thing fly. Yes, sir. I got you. Hey, and have fun with it too, man. I, I'm, you know, this is a pretty cool experience, and I'm sure you'll look back on this for a long time. So, so try to have a little fun while you're at it. Okay, I will. Appreciate right. you. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. All right. I hope everybody liked our interview with new Exhibit Ten contract holder for the Wizards, Jordan Goodwin. Really hope he uh, he makes the team, makes it in the training camp. At the very least, you know, we can see him with the go go or something this year. And uh, I th I think he's got a real shot to do that. And you know, fans were a little panicky on Twitter and stuff last night, Larry, because they didn't look great in the third quarter of a summer league game. Uh, can can you talk from your perspective, like how how meaningful is it? How much should we read into the fact that uh, they didn't look totally in sync and things like that? Well, no, I, I really take everything into account with them going through, you know, the COVID prot protocols and not actually having a, you know, a game under their belt, uh, playing against a team that's actually had you know, I think three or four games, you know, already uh, that played in, the, you know, the other the other summer league that was going on. So I wasn't, you know, too uh, put off by that. I think that they they gave good effort. They gave good energy. And I think when you talk about, you know, just different lineups and different players, like you're going to have the ups and downs. I mean, there's multiple games that teams were getting beat by 20 points. I mean, it's just this is just summer league once games. You know, once there's a run that happens in a summer league game, there's not a, a core group that can come in and stop that run or get things back the way they're supposed to go. Everybody's still learning. So we can't expect these guys to, um, you know, to be great, first, especially first time out. Uh, but like a, a guy like Jordan, I think, you know, just obviously because we spoke to him, is you, you never have to worry about effort. So I think that if you can get that through summer league and you can identify those guys that are playing within summer league where you don't have to worry about the amount of effort that they're giving, you can make or miss shots. That's, those things are going to happen. Uh, but just really identifying, you know, the, the diving on the floor for the loose balls, those things are very important. So I wouldn't be discouraged at all you know, if I'm a Wizards fan. And just Jordan specifically, uh, he's a nice, humble guy, so he would never say this, but he threw a couple like spot on the dime passes last night where, where guys missed bunnies after the fact too. And, and, you know, that kind of, that kind of slowed them down a little bit. And I think that's more just 
you know, no one when to expect the ball from which guys and things like that. He hooked up with Corey Kispert on a, a drive that, you know, he, he drove and then Corey cut down the middle for a nice layup and, you know, things like that. I think we're just going to see more, you know, as, as the week progresses here. Yep. All right. Since we last talked, uh, the wizards actually finalized the deal uh, for Spencer Dinwiddie. It was seeming like a, you know, a likelihood. We didn't know for how much money or for how long and, and all that kind of stuff yet, but what Tommy Shepard has done this offseason has been really impressive. And looking at this deal for, for Dinwiddie, it's $17 million for this season, 18 the next season. For 23-24, it's almost $19 million, but only $10 million of that is guaranteed. And there's all kinds of incentives in there. You know, if he plays um, fully guaranteed, if he plays 50 games in both of his first two seasons. So they're sort of protecting themselves from, from injury risk and things like that. And yeah. I, I just think that's a great move and, and should give fans, um, you know, some, some faith in Tommy to, to keep moving this thing along here. But uh, Spencer's contract has been like sort of a topic of conversation because there's more sort of interesting bonuses and things like that than you typically hear reported. One of them specifically, um, he gets, you know, games played, he gets a bonus, making the different rounds of the playoffs, he gets the, a bonus and he would receive $1 if the Wizards win a championship. That that's the bonus for for winning the championship, which he said he would like to collect in 100 pennies uh, when when they get to that uh, when they get to that place, which I thought was cool. Uh, have you ever heard of a contract like this with that many sort of contingencies and stuff in it? I feel like we don't hear this one very often. No, and I think that there's a there's many deals that happen where we just don't know like mm-hmm. the ins and outs of it, so it's not reported. And then, you know, there's a crazy deal where there's only a couple million dollars guaranteed. But I think that these guys, you know, with with Tommy Shepard and his team, you know, being creative and making these players feel like they're part of something, like they're part of the process, they're part of winning, they're part of, you know, their presence is going to help them achieve their goal. And then, you know, with the incentive of one dollar, once we've done all of these things to achieve our goal, then there's there's our give back. I mean, we're talking about like a, a handshake, like a gentleman's bet. You know, as as your give back, but that's from both sides saying, when we do this, you know, I'm not going to ask you guys for this. When we do this, this is our reward, and that's you know paying out a dollar, and that's receiving a dollar. So I thought it was really cool, and you know, with the deal with the the number of games played, I thought that that was cool on on Shep's part because I had a general manager try that with me, and it didn't fly. Sure. So so. I, because I played hard and I use my hands and I, you know, break a finger, break a hand. So that's going to affect me in the number of games that I play, mm-hmm. but I'm playing hard for the name on my Jersey. So I flipped that into the number of games that our team win like as that. opposed to the number of games that I play. So I think that that's really good on Tommy Shepard's part to really get that into the deal. Um, you know, as, as one of those incentives as well. And for, for, those guys to sign off on it i do like the fact that it was over two seasons you know hopefully he's able to play 50 games that seems like a pretty reasonably attainable number it, it probably would have been a little cold-blooded if it was like you have to play 70 games all three seasons or something but uh i, I did i did like that you know at least if you bring in somebody with that sort of knee injury history and stuff like that at least um you know you, you are kind of protecting the team which i think is cool uh, just now that the roster looks pretty set, Larry, uh, this is a deep team. And yeah. uh, we talked about the the value of playing, you know, the value of having that depth. But uh, can you talk a little bit about – sometimes I wonder if, like, maybe too much depth can cause some problems and things like that. Did, did you ever play on a team where, you know, maybe there were too many guys or, or there weren't enough minutes to go around? And, and can that have a negative effect on a team if not handled properly, I guess? No, I think it can always have a negative effect. I mean, especially when you have guys, you know, multiple guys that like to score the ball or multiple guys that like to handle the ball or, you know, you got a guy, you know, a couple of big guys that just love to post up, you know, that want the ball on the block. I mean, that's, that's you know, not the case mostly in, in, in this day and age in this game. But I think you always run into those issues of, you know, how the team is going to fit together. And when you have talent and then – it's the responsibility of the coach to make sure that everybody's needed and wanted and used in the best way possible. 
So I think players kind of step out of that. Like we mm-hmm. want to be surrounded by talent and then we want to be used in the right way. So they, then it's up to your coaches to make sure that, you know, if you got a guy that's only playing eight minutes that should probably be playing 16, that you figure out a way to make sure that that player gets 16 minutes. Uh, so it's really up to the coaching staff. But as a player, man, you love to walk in the locker room and you say, that guy can go, that guy can go, that guy can go. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for. I would think especially if you're a bench player too, you know, if if you're the sixth man on a team where you're not a particularly deep team, that's probably a tough ask, you know, to to be running against a tougher bench from another team. Like I, I would just rather have better guys out there with me because I think it would make me play better and look better and we would do better. So um, I hope that's the case. It sounds like Wes has the right demeanor to kind of to manage and juggle that. Um, And just be mindful, Matt, in this situation where we're rolling in right back into another season, Mm -hmm. the amount of bodies and the amount of talent that you have is going to be very important uh, just because of the wear and tear that we're putting on these guys, you know, with obviously having to catch up with, with the COVID situation, but Keep in mind that that you know these guys are playing you know almost you know three seasons in in you know two years so that that's tough. Yeah, that, that's a really great call, um, Larry. This team is projected. Vegas has the over under number at thirty four and a half wins right now. Obviously, we don't really know if this is the final roster and all those things yet. Uh, so so maybe that changes, but and we don't have to do like a wins projection or whatever, but just looking at that group, like this seems low to me. Um, and I don't know if they know something we don't, if that's solely Westbrook getting traded or whatever, but am I crazy to think that that's like a, a low number? Well, I, th- I think it can be higher. I definitely think it can be higher, but I, I think the East also got better. Yeah. Um, you know, a few teams in the East got a, a little bit better. So if you're thinking about playing against the East and you're, you know, your up and coming team versus last year, the previous years when the East was a little bit down when you had your Orlando's and your Chicago's that, you know, even your Charlotte mixed in there was a little bit down, you know, now those teams are, are, are kind of on the up. So those are teams that are obviously in your Eastern conference. So that may play into some of your wins, but I think that they should be, I think that they should be better than 34. What are we playing again? 72 games again. It's, it's a full 82 now. And, and that's right around last year's win total. Uh, but but they're playing a ten extra games. It just seems to me like that that should they should be able to you know exceed last year's win total. I would think. Yeah, from from what I see on you know on, on you know that's a that's a five hundred team. I mean that that's a split. I mean that's a forty one forty one team just on paper as I, as I look at it. And obviously they have room to grow. But if I'm just looking at that team on play on paper, you know I'm giving them you know fifty fifty. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. Um, just going back to the depth thing for a minute, I, I was listening to another interview in the last couple of weeks, and, and I don't have the note on me because I, I forget who it was, but they were talking about the coach came in at the beginning of the season and handed them all a piece of paper, like the first day of, of you know, real practice after training camp. And it had their role to start the season sort of well-defined, like here's a couple sentences on what we think you are and here's what we want to see from you early. And then the last, you know, three, four guys on the bench, it was just, Hey, stay ready. Um, is that a common thing? I mean, like, as we talked a lot about not defining roles and responsibilities with last year's team, but have you had a situation like that or is that uncommon? Um, it's, I wouldn't say that it's uncommon, but I would say that it's rarely done. Okay. Um, it's, it's going to depend on the makeup of the team. It's going to also depend on the coaching staff as well and, and kind of their tenure or their credibility. I mean, a lot of things play into that where coaches are, are somewhat scared to do, you know, you know, on day one, sure. you know, after seeing your, your team play, obviously knowing, you know, what you're rolling into. But there's some situations that I have been into that I felt that the coach was not or the, the entire organization was not necessarily putting or or making it a priority to make sure that all the players understood exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes a long way because a lot of us, we won't like the role that we're given, but we talked about this a year ago is that if you have some structure, you can deviate from that structure. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me what I'm supposed to do 
and I go and I do that, and I feel like I can do go above and beyond that, then my role could change. But I don't think enough coaches, enough systems, you know, really identified and and define the roles for the team. I mean, you have a free agent come in or you have a star player that has their role. But I think as a whole, I think that uh, teams can do better with with, you know, having that system in place where you where players understand what their roles are completely. You talked about like a coach having kind of the, you know, the right uh, track record to be able to do that. But I think you got to have the right team for something like that, too, especially if you're going to do that, you know, in the locker room in front of everybody. It seems risky to me that, you know, the 12th man on the team, you know, he's not like F that in front of everybody. Uh, it seems like that could go pretty south if, if you didn't have the right group. Well, I think that those guys and those teams, they probably know better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this game is really expanded and sure. there's like every NBA team has their form team. Yeah. So, you know, once you, if you get the top four guys to buy in, yeah. then, you know, everybody else has to fall in. But at least the, the 12th man knows that you gave the fourth man or the third man or the second man, you gave them a role Same as well. Thing. So they're not just yeah. out there willy nilly you know, doing whatever they want to do. They have a role as well. So I think that that's how, you know, you kind of send that message and craft that message to your team is that we're going to give everybody a role. If you're not happy with this role, especially if you're in the bottom tier, then we'll get somebody in that can can support that role. Yeah, that's a great call. Uh, just before we close out here real quick, sort of switching off the Wizards for a minute, I, I did see that this Malice in the Palace documentary uh, came out on Netflix yesterday. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, I assume you probably have not either in the last, you know, 36 hours or whatever. But uh, I, I very much look forward to watching that at some point this weekend. because I, I think it's really interesting to hear really the players full side of the story for the first time ever. And, and it seemed like they did it in a cool way where it wasn't all of them in a room and it's just sort of everybody's you know, remembering of the situation done individually and, and sort of pieced together. Um, as somebody who was around and playing during that situation, uh, is that interest you to kind of hear, you know, the rest of that story or the kind of the inside version of it? Uh, yes and no, because I, me and Ron, we're in the same high school class. So I, I, I know Ron and obviously we weren't teammates, but I know, obviously guys that played with him. So I, I know what type of person he is and I know what he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And the same with Steven Jackson. Like he's a year older than me. Uh, we played together in Charlotte, but we like, we're friends now. So we, sure. we talk, so I know what kind of person he is. So, and then obviously being in that time of moving from uh, Golden State to Washington during those years, like going into the Eastern Conference, like I knew what those battles were. <laughs> so I actually watched like the first 20 minutes of it. I'm going to go read back, go, go and rewatch the rest of it uh, later this evening. But I was excited to see kind of the, the story of, about Jermaine mm-hmm. and Ron yeah. and how, you know, obviously drama and sales and controversy sales and how those two are still, are still kind of put up against each other as to how Ron was acting, how Jermaine was acting. Uh, but it was good, like, the first few minutes of that doc, man, they kind of cleared it up as to they talked, they've had a conversation. And um, J.O. just said, that, like, the things that Ron was dealing with, like, he didn't – he wasn't really aware of those things. So that was, like, the one point for me is, like, I would assume that J.O. knew what Ron's struggles were as a teammate mm-hmm. because – I'm not a teammate. I'm in his class. I knew what sort of struggles he was dealing with. So for me, that touched a little spotlight. Shit, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And I think that that, for me, that was a very um, good point in the first, I think, 30 minutes of of, of the doc. Yeah, I think that's a great life lesson for everybody. You never know what another person's kind of going through and dealing with. And, And I listened to Jermaine do an interview where he talked about you know, just mental health stigma and how that's changed in the last 15 years and, and how, you know, that, that wouldn't have been like a kind of a, a secret kind of deal. Uh, like it would have been a more public thing or, or at least, you know, sort of more, more awareness for what that was really like for him, for, for teammates and how that might've changed things. So I, I didn't realize they hadn't talked in like 15 years or, or whatever prior to this. So um, that was kind of crazy to hear and, and glad to know that they've, you know, cleared it up. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. 
Yeah. And the other the other thing that stuck out to me was uh Worldwide West. Mm. I mean, you know, no William Wesley, he's now with the with the Knicks, but you know, just seeing him doing his role and all the players will know that, you know, that, that listen to this podcast, we understand exactly who Wes is. Wes is a protector of of all of us. And in that doc, I mean, obviously we've seen him before, but just him, you know, with his hand over the guy, just trying to make sure that he, he don't get hit, getting Jermaine out, you know, back into the locker room. And this guy didn't have a role in the NBA. He was just one of those guys. So shout out to, to Uncle Wes, William Wesley uh, in that doc too. Yeah, he's one of the sort of mysterious figures for fans, I think. Everybody kind of knows who he is, but doesn't really know what he does or or where he came from. So uh, that, that'll be cool to see, too. Uh, Larry, anything you want to leave fans with uh, before we get out of here? Uh, no, just we watching the summer league games, and obviously these guys are, are a group of guys that have been thrown together, run through a little bit of COVID protocols as, as, as the world is, is, is seeing. But let's just watch these games and understand what they're trying to accomplish, right? I mean, just watch these games and what they're trying to accomplish and really let's judge the effort, uh, the energy, and the communication that these guys are having as opposed to the wins and losses, even though those things are very important. But these guys are trying to reach a goal. They're trying to, you know, get to the top of the mountaintop. So I'm here to support them uh, 100%. I just went and re-upped my NBA League Pass subscription for the year. I got an annual pass for $50. I don't know how I managed to pull that off, but uh, I would encourage anybody who's considering doing that to jump on there right now and and see if that's a a deal they can still take advantage of because that's – that's free money in this house. It'll be, we'll get our money's worth out of that. Yeah. You got to get that deal now, right yep, now. Exactly. Uh, all right, everybody. I end every show with, Hey, rate, review, subscribe, send us questions, all that good stuff. But I, I genuinely mean it. Let us know if there's things we can be doing better or different things you want to hear about segments you want us to introduce all that kind of stuff. I think we're, we're open to, to any ideas you have and, and we sort of genuinely do like fan engagement, interaction, all that good stuff. So, so hit us up on, on social media and, and we'll make sure we, uh, we get to whatever you want to hear more of. Uh, with that, we will check you guys next week. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done